Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to Behind the Veil, a show that provides insight into the world of weddings and events. I'm your host, Keith Willard. It's good to have you back on the show. Today, we're going to be talking about the trials and tribulations of finding a photographer. Yes, we know. It's it's hard because, they're, first of all, there are a million photographers out there with a million different styles and a million different price points. But how do you know that they are good at what they do and that they're going to fulfill the obligations that you hopefully want and timetables and all of the other things. I mean, it's, it is such a big part of your wedding. And then if you're on the vendor side, how do you make sure that you're getting the information across to the couples in the right way so that you are making sure that the anticipated experience is positive all the way through it? Well, our guest today, Bonnie Sindelar is going to be joining us shortly. But before I bring her on, let me bring on Marcy Gutenberg with an affair to remember by Marcy. Hi, Marcy. Hi, Keith. So, okay. Photography, super important. Every single wedding has it. Every single wedding. And and not only that, I mean, one of the questions that I want to ask, obviously today, um, many of us are dealing with weather issues. I know up north is having a nor'easter. I know down here we have a lot of wind. And obviously, those kinds of elements play a factor in the photography. So, well, and you know, and just just lighting, yeah, just lighting, lighting. in itself is is going to be yes. a huge factor. But you know, timing, you know, I, I and I think oh, yes. you know, right before we get, get went on on air, I was just talking about how the fact that you know, there's a photographer that I'm I typically work with that's having issues getting the results out because we're in season. So. Right. Anyway, what can so, we expect? <laughs> yeah, what can we expect? So, Bonnie, let me bring on Bonnie. Bonnie, welcome to the show. Hi, Bonnie. Hi, thank you Hi. for having me. Oh, it's so good to have you here. So, okay, first of all, I just want to kind of clarify that you do a lot. You, you know, you do some wedding photography, but portrait photography is like really your your niche. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mostly specialize in family and maternity photography. I have second Aww. shot and I've also primary shot for weddings, but it's not my specialty. Okay, good. But, but, you know, you've been in the business for a bit. You started um, uh, your business nine years ago, Genesis photography, nine years ago. Yep. And then when did you open happily ever photo? Two years ago is when I started that. And it's an online directory. So that's when I launched it. I think that's going to be incredible. I really want to get to that. But first, I wanted to find out a little bit about about you. Like, how did you decide that you were going to be into photography, become a photographer? I mean, was this like something that you like studied for, went to college for, or was this more of a hobby that turned into professional? A little bit of both. So I fell into photography in high school. It was my junior year in high school, and um, there was an intro to photography class. And I'm old enough that it was black and white film cameras, and we had our own dark room. And I just, I, I immediately fell in love. It was just, it was incredible. I loved every bit of it. I didn't have a specific, you know, niche or genre that I really liked. I originally after I was in it for a while, thought I was going to get into sports photography because I was an athlete myself. So I was kind of like marrying the two things. Um, But uh, so I did it throughout high school. And then I went to college with the intention of being a photography major. And um, that wasn't like the most popular major in my family, (laughs) who is more, you know, kind of on the practical (laughs) side of things. Um, So I ended up switching it. They're like, you need to be a lawyer. What's going on? You know, photography. Like what? Yeah. So I ended up switching <laughs> to a biology degree, which 
fair warning is like equally useless by itself. <laughs> um, but I but I did take some photography classes still in college and so kind of continued um, to learn the technical side of it. And then it was always just um, a hobby for several years after college. And then in 2015, I launched my own business, Genesis Photography. And from the get-go, um, I focused on maternity newborn families. And that's why I called it Genesis, you know, beginning uh, of life. Yeah, um, totally get it. But yeah, and then that's that's where I've been. So how did the idea of this database get? Because this is really fascinating to, to me. And I love the description of this database because it's a database of photographers that have to actually make a living at doing this. And that I think is the big piece here is that there are, you know, we talk, I said this, the million photographers that charge a wide range of price points, but finding a photographer that is good and is obviously charging based on making a living is not so easy. I mean, how did, so how did that even thought process even came about? Cause we've talked to lots of people that have created like websites and software programs and, and it, it usually came out of a need for like, you know, they saw a need and they were like, you know what? I need to do that. Is that kind of the same thing that happened here? hundred percent. Um, it was a, a little bit selfish cause it was something I really wished existed in the market. Um, but then it was also somebody else had come up to me and prompted the way that I designed it. So, I mean, to preface, Happily Ever Photo is a directory for all portrait photographers. So it's not just weddings. It's, you know, from newborns to pets to boudoir. Um, and it's for the U.S. So U.S.-based photographers. And you can use many different filters in order to go on and say, okay, I want a photographer who, you know, is based out of here, who specializes in this, who has this kind of style, um, this kind of experience on and on and on. You don't obviously wow. have to use all the filters, but you can use what you want. Um, but so I created it because it was something that I really wanted as a photographer myself. I'm super picky on the photographer that I want for my own family or my own yep. wedding. Yeah. And um, the the way that I wanted to search and find one just wasn't available online. And also someone else had come to me recently looking for a new wedding photographer because they had fallen in love with this specific photographer who had, um, it was years ago, so it wasn't as popular, but at the time, like now it's super popular, kind of like that warm um, where they like desaturate all the greens and everyone is like a little more orange than they actually are, uh, yes. like that kind of editing style. Um, and she totally loved that style. And a lot of people do. Uh, but that photographer couldn't do their wedding for whatever reason. And so she was wanting some help to find another wedding photographer yeah, who shot yeah. with a similar style. Um, and she asked me, and I at the time didn't know anyone off the top of my head, but I was like, well, I can go onto my photographer community and we can find, um, I can, you know, look at people's websites and send you some names. And I did, but that was like a really tedious process i was about to say because you yes. know you're having to go through like everybody's style and going okay who matches this exactly yeah and i thought man there's got to be an easier way to do this and i just couldn't find it so it sat in my head for years thinking man this would be so cool and how would i you know add things to this directory that would make it more useful and i finally just just made it <laughs> okay well so it was a long process I was about to say, because then, you know, do you have a background in like website building and database building, or this is something like a learning curve that you were like, okay, I got to figure this out as I go. 
it was totally a learning curve and I knew I couldn't <laughs> afford to, to pay someone to create the entire directory from scratch because it was going to be, you know, over $10,000 and I couldn't charge photographers to be on it in the beginning because what, what are they paying for? Like nobody knows about the site and, and right. nobody's on it, you know, so the directory is not useful. So in the beginning, um, it was free for the first so many photographers. And then I had to, um, yeah, build out the whole site, learn about database creation. Um, I already had my own website for my photography business, but it was obviously much less complicated. I was about to um, say, so it was like, a whole know, lot of, I think yeah, I started it was a lot Wix. of back and forth. <laughs> and that's, yep. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. That, that's hard. I mean, and the thing is, is that now, now that you've been at it for two years, right? So two years that you've mm-hmm. been building this database and it's all across the United States. So it's all 50 states or uh, have you not expanded to all 50 states yet? All 50 states. Yep. Wow. And, and obviously then, we, some states have more photographers in them than others. Um, and it's just kind of, some of it is based on population. Some of it, since, like you said, I require that people are charging profitable rates. And I feel like that's less common in certain states than others. Um, yep. So that is a bit of a barrier. But yes, all 50 states. And then how do you determine like if how people, like what the rate is as far as to make a living? Because here in South Florida, obviously, it's much more expensive than you know, the Midwest. So do you, do you vary it by like state and locale? Like, you know, for Florida, you, you got to charge at least a couple grand, you know, to be able to make a oh, living. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And I, I knew I wasn't going to be able to have a different rate for every location. It was just going to be way, way too much. Um, and I'm not going to look up the cost of living of every city in the U S um, <laughs> but so I did, I kind of came to a conclusion and I just kind of worked backwards on the math. So, you know, this amount of assuming that you're just supporting yourself, you know, you can live off of this amount of money in general on average. Now it's probably going to be more than that. If you're in New York city, it'll probably be less if you're in Arkansas, you know, um, but find a middle ground. And, and obviously it's interesting because it's based on a per session, assuming that, you know, you have so many hours in the, the week and I won't get into all the math, but um, right, 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 right. So it depends. It. it depends on how many sessions people are doing. So there are high volume photographers who might be able to pull off charging a lower rate, but they have a lot of sessions versus low volume ones obviously have to charge much more. So I know there's a big variety, but yeah. I set my rates based on what I thought was kind of a reasonable amount to work yourself back to making, you know, a base livable wage. How do you, how do they prove it? How do they prove that they're like worthy of being on this list? You know, uh, I mean, that's, it's, it's hard because, you know, you're basically saying these photographers are good enough to be on this list and making, you know, and charging enough, but you know, how do you know that's true? Like how, tr- is there like a vetting process? Yep. So you have to either link me to the direct pricing page on your website um, or for the photographers who don't list prices or full prices on their site, um, they have to send me like a PDF pricing page with their information on it. It's usually, I mean, I've been doing this long enough that I can generally tell once they give me their website and I get on it. Number one, based on the quality of their photos, um, but also like the the wording that they use when they're describing themselves, you know, it's not as common in wedding photography, but in like family portraits and stuff, if they say, you know, we do your 
session and then you come back and we do an in-person ordering session and I focus on wall art and album, then I already know that they're charging enough because that model is a higher end model. You know, so you, there are certain um, clues that you can tell um, just by looking, but obviously, like I said, they have to have a direct link to the pricing page or their PDF pricing guide. Marcy, did you have a question? Um, I wanted to go back to, actually, I wanted to go back to your comment about the, um, uh, the dark room. So when you were younger and you were getting into photography, uh, we had a dark room as well. So my Me father too. was a very avid, <laughs> he was a very <laughs> avid picture taker, black and white photos back in the day. I wanted to ask you, how important do you think that is for somebody who's looking to get into the business these Oh, good days? question. That's a good question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say even if you wanted to have that experience now, it's going to be incredibly hard to even find a place to do that. I mean, short of building it yourself, you know, it's it's tough. You just don't find them anymore. But I will say that having it as my own experience was just, it was incredible. And I was talking, and this kind of side note, in my own photography business, I use a drone. And um, the way that we take photos in drones is like slower and clunkier. And you can't take the way that I take them, you can't take a bunch of photos in a row. And so it's kind of like going back to film photography in that you only had so many exposures on your roll of film and you couldn't just sit here and take 500 photos of the same thing, you know, yeah. ho- hoping right. for that perfect shot. So you really had to be aware of waiting for the right lighting and the right expressions and the right moment and really working on composing that perfect shot before you took it. And obviously you had to know the technical side of photography because you had to use all your own settings. You couldn't just put your camera on auto mode, you know, right, and let right, right. AI do it. Um, so, I mean, I just think there was so much more knowledge on the technical side of photography that you just had to have when right. you started in film that you don't have to have anymore. And that's really unfortunate because it's a huge, huge problem in the photography world now is the lack of technical knowledge. I was about to say, because technology, sorry, Mercy, but I mean, te- yeah. technology, I mean, it's just come such a long way that, you know, it's almost like, you know, applying enough filters, so it could be a good photo. Exactly. Yeah. And what about like, you know, I mean, like, how does social media play a factor in people getting into photography? Oh, yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, (laughs) She's like, great. Let me just open that up. Okay, great. (laughs) Um, Because like, I know that. No, go ahead. uh, Please. So like someone, let's say in my genre and family photography, people have their own children and then they get a nice camera and then they take a couple photos and then they post them on Facebook and then they get people commenting, oh my gosh, this is so great. You know, you should be a photographer and, you know, will you come take our family photos? And it's, I mean, (laughs) it's the lack of knowledge on both sides, right? Like they probably don't have the technical knowledge on photography in general, but then also the people viewing those photos also have no idea what it takes, A, to run a business, B, what a good photo looks like, you know? So it's like a lot of low knowledge people, you know, kind of spreading around ideas that aren't, necessarily you know true um Mm. so it gets tricky for sure and and on the flip side it's really frustrating for actual professional photographers um social media in general is really frustrating for us right because we really wish that we could just put out beautiful photos and that the clients would just come 
Um, yeah. But the reality is people, the, the majority of the public can't even tell a great technical photo from like a mediocre one. So a lot of the photographers who just have a lot of buzz around their business or they're just really good marketers, you know, they've got this flourishing social media platform while the people who are great artists don't necessarily have that. So it's just all, yeah, it's just That's, all kind you of know, crazy. It's really interesting that you said that because that I feel like every part of the industry has that issue. It's like the wedding industry. The, yeah. Yes. Wedding industry and just the event industry in uh, of itself is that there are some people that are really good marketers and we all know that they're the worst human beings on the planet and that they really don't know what the hell they're doing. And, you know, as, as, as pros looking at it and be like, why are they so crazy busy when we know that they're, you know, vendors don't like to work with them, that couples don't like to work with them afterwards. And yet the business is flourishing, flourishing. And that's what, you know, that's what they, they say. It's the difference between an artist and a business person is the fact that a business person knows how to make that money and how yeah. to keep bringing in that rotating business. How do you know some a, a photographer is lying to you? I mean, because you mentioned that they, that you could tell by like how they wrote something or how they applied something that you could kind of get a general sense of like what they like if they're 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 making enough money or that you know they're the pros. How does like a common person then say what? Okay, red flag, boom, red flag. Are they are they telling me the truth? Yeah, yeah. I mean, are there tells I mean like? Uh, well, I would say, first of all, I tell everybody to do this when they're finding a photographer is look through all of their portfolio. I mean, first of all, make sure they have a website. I'm If they don't have a website, I just, you can't convince me that they're taking themselves seriously. So make sure they have a website right. and look through their portfolio and make sure that there's consistency in that portfolio and there's variation. Like it's not just like, 50% of the photos in the portfolio are from the same wedding, you know, that had that like the most beautiful light and the most beautiful, you know, setting and bride or groom or whatever. Right. right. Um, but make sure that there's a variety of locations of, um, of people, obviously of different lighting conditions and that all of those photos in that portfolio are something that you would be happy with. Um, because if they don't have enough experience in the different situations, like we were talking earlier about weather, right? I mean, you have this big, beautiful outdoor wedding planned, and there's a photographer who specializes in outdoor weddings. Well, what happens if there's a monsoon and you have to go inside? Are they prepared to make those photos look as good inside as they would be outside? You know, and a lot of them aren't. So if you go back and look through their work. I mean, that's kind of showing you. And then also reviews, obviously. I mean, look through their reviews, ask, don't be afraid to ask for previous clients and their contact information and say, hey, can I just Ooh. contact a couple of your previous clients and just kind of ask them about the experience that they had? Yeah. Um, don't be afraid to do that. I mean, we are, you're paying us a lot of money you know, you should be sure about your investment. And I did this with when we were looking for a wedding photographer, I kind of, I kind of grilled them a little bit. I mean, as a photographer myself, I'm like, what lens do you use? You know, are you using a second shooter? What is, you know, on and on, and we can talk about, you know, questions to ask. But right. um, by the end, I had narrowed it down to two. And then I ended up picking the one and I feel like the other photographer felt like 
um, like he had kind of wasted all this time answering my questions. And I'm like, no, this is thousands and thousands of dollars, you know, and, and I don't right. want either of us to be unhappy with the results. So, well, and that's just business. You know how many hours I've spent with random couples, like listening to their stories. I know more people about people's like parents and brothers and sisters and backstories than I probably could have ever wanted it as a psychologist in my life. And, you know, do they all book with me? No, but that's, that's just how it, how it works. Sometimes I'm too expensive for somebody or, you know, sometimes it's personality. Yeah, per- like yeah. what? What are you talking about? I've got a great personality. Anyway. <laughs> no, but you know, I mean, make, maybe that personal oh. connection. Yeah, so that, you, you know, know, there is. There's always that connection. But um, you know, one of, and, and one of the things that we were talking about before we we went on on live is that you know, there's a photographer that I'm having issues with getting like photos back in a timely manner. And the problem is, is that, and I explain this to my couples, they're very, they're, they're very affordable. Let me put it that way. They're very affordable photographers. And I said, look, it's based on percentages. If you go with this particular photographer, that's three times the price point, the number of Instagrammable photos is going to be at a much higher percentage than this person. And so understand that that's what you're really talking about. If you only care that you get like, 20 like amazing photos then go with the less expensive option but with the understanding that you're going to get 20 photos and if you want 100 photos then go with the more expensive photographer is that a fair is that a fair way to put that across 100 percent. because in the digital world if we were back in film then no i wouldn't i wouldn't promise that many good photos from the cheaper one but in the digital world you know with kind of the automation that our cameras do, not that we don't use, you know, our own settings, but even the cameras now, you know, have certain settings where they're kind of trying to make the photo look its best. Um, You can take a million photos and wind up with a couple good ones. Almost anybody can um, who has like a super baseline knowledge. So yes, but the higher, the more experienced photographers are going to, the percent of great photos is going to be much higher with them than it's going to be with the newer ones. Yeah. I think that's a perfect way to phrase it. There you go. See, look at that. I know what the hell I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, Okay. So then if you're, if you're, if, if somebody's going onto your database, how, first of all, how does a photographer get on your database? Like where do they go? Who do they reach out to in order to go through the, the vetting process? So there's a tab on the site that just says get listed and it kind of goes through the basics of it. And then there's a form that you fill out where you're entering all this information, uploading some photos for the um, profile. And then we go through it. And like we said, we kind of vet it. We go on the website. We make sure that all the contact information matches. We make sure that the pricing it matches. Sometimes I'll get on their Facebook or Instagram page and make sure that there's not like you know, a different pricing listed on there than there is on the website. Um, you know, we just kind of search the whole thing and make sure that it looks correct and consistent throughout. Um, but it's a pretty quick process. You know, I say within a couple of business days and then they'll be notified and then they'll just, they'll be listed on the site. What's the cost? It's so cheap. It's $24 for the whole year. What? Oh, see, I mean, how do you even take that seriously? Like $24. That's like, okay. And so, and and I have a little button on there that says like, why is this so cheap? Because I totally understand that having a low price point automatically thinks like, well, what's the catch, you know, or why is it so bad? 
But because we have so many different filters on the site, if I don't start off with a big number of photographers, by the time you've used those filters, it's going to get whittled down, you know, to one or zero, you know, and so I don't want that to happen. And so I need a lot of people on there. And since I'm already already constraining my photographers to people who are charging profitable prices, which are the minority, um, right. then I'm already making it a smaller pool. So it's like, I want it to be a no brainer for people to join. And I want to give them a lot of value for what they're paying because I want them to stay because them on the site brings value to the people who are getting on the site, which brings value back to them. So, and then what about, uh, sorry, go ahead, Marcy, you first. Sorry. Um, So if people are looking for, like, let's say they have an event coming up and their second shooter is no longer available for some reason, is this an area for people to be able to go on and find a second shooter for their, their event? Oh, that's a good idea. Certainly. I mean, it's not, it's not a, you can't use a filter to to look for people who are second shooters. Um, but you no, know, you could absolutely find photographers in your area and contact them and look at their work, you know, and make sure that it's something good. And I mean, second shooters is a whole different conversation. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. People could use it for that. And as somebody in the industry, that's an event pro, right? What are the things that annoy you? about mm-hmm. like the industry, about other photographers, about, you know, questions that people come up with, like, you know, because I know like when, as an event planner, what annoys me is people that, you know, undervalue themselves or don't explain at all their services to the client. And there's like little hidden charges along the way. And they're like, Oh, I'm sorry that there's a, I have to walk 10 feet charge. And now mm-hmm. I have a, you know, a, I have to bring a second person charge and that drives me nuts, 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 nuts. It's like, you know, just be transparent with your pricing right up front. Explain exactly what you do. Like, is there something in, in the industry that you're like, this really needs to be fixed? Uh, okay. So the, like we were saying, the lack of technical knowledge um, to call yourself a professional um, is, is honestly abysmal anymore. Um, and then also yeah. the undervaluing and, the whole reason that happens, it's 100% on us as photographers. We started this entire doom loop of pricing and that people didn't get the education. People didn't get the education in in anything photography related or business related. So they're starting their business and they're thinking like, oh, and and it's not, it's usually women who have this problem more than men, um, you know, and they were maybe stay at home, moms in my industry again and like family photography but they get it and they're like well i don't feel like i'm worth charging this <laughs> much or i'm going to base my pricing on what this person beside me prices which i have no idea what their expenses or their life or anything is like or how much they work or even if this is their main job um but i'm i'm not going to do any math myself you know to right. actually figure out what i need to charge to even make minimum wage much less a livable wage Um, And I'm just going to either like scare myself into this low pricing, or I'm just going to use the comparison game with this other person who's underpricing and work on that. And I just, man, I, I try really hard, you know, in photography forums. And there are a couple of us too, who are just like, we have created pricing calculators. We have, you know, created whole blog posts about this. Please, please, please just do the math. You know, even if you're brand new, you can, and I live in Nebraska, you can go to Target right now and make $15 an hour with zero experience in work, period. Right. So 
to, to price yourself at a point that's below that, like there's no justification for it whatsoever. So just do the math, you know, and nobody does the math because they don't want to, you know, they don't want to come to the, to the truth. And then if they're afraid that if they raise their price, obviously nobody's going to use them. And then there's like this self-worth issue and, yeah, I could talk uh, all day about undervaluing I, themselves. I can't even tell you how many times I've looked at like the hours that I've spent on a client and went, oh, I'm at 25 cents an hour. Excellent. Yay. <laughs> you know, and not only that, that, I think that like, yeah. I mean, I'm going to speak from personal And there are experience. so many, yeah, there are so many services where you think, okay, let's say like I've got a plumber who came and they, they were here for an hour and whatever you charge, you know, paid them. I mean, yes, they, they have to travel there and they have to go back, you know, and they had to reply to your emails or whatever, but the amount of behind the scenes time that goes into a client and photography and wedding planning and some of these other services is way more than the face-to-face time that you have with them, you know? So I think people just don't get it on the consumer side. They think I paid this photographer $500 for an hour session. That must be really nice to make $500 an hour. And it's like, oh my gosh. You're like, that is not an hour. Believe me. Exactly. You know, that's great that it was an hour with you face to face, but there's a lot of technical work that has to happen on the back end and then all the communication back and forth. As a family portrait photographer, I I can only imagine what it's like to deal with parents of their perfect child. <laughs> you know, they're they're perfect. Baby. My baby is perfect and the most photogenic human being on the she planet. She never cries. She never cries. Oh God, I guess I just have this whole like thing in my brain of like what it must be like to be you <laughs> during a session. I mean, I, I, you know, it, it, it's one of those things that I, I like. I, I think back at like 1950s movies where you see the old, the old time photographer with the squeaky toy. They're like squeak, 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 squeak. I, I mean, still have that. Do you really? That's funny. <laughs> That's funny that that still works after all this time. That's so funny. So what is it like, you know, when you, um, when, when you're looking at, and we're going to probably have to start wrapping this up a little bit, but when you're coming into the business and you're new into the business, I know that undervaluing, undervaluing yourself, God, I mispronounced that so badly, but um, make it your value is not as, as much as it should be. It's like the number one problem. What is like a second piece? Like what should photographers work for another photographer for a certain amount of years or, you know, learn that technical side? What is some, what is some advice that you could give to somebody that's new into the industry? Oh, a hundred percent. I think every photographer, especially now that the vast majority of us aren't coming out with a photography degree or a business degree, which I think would be probably even more useful than the photography degree. Um, but since we're not coming out with that, to get that um, experience firsthand by shadowing another photographer, by working for them, by second shooting, by even just doing like being like their receptionist for their studio and doing phone calls and the back end of everything to be able to see all of the the business that happens um, on the back end would be incredible. And then obviously to get all the technical knowledge for, you know, the lenses and the lighting and the posing and all of that stuff as well. So man, if you could find a photographer who you really like their style or like their business, I I wish, I wish I could tell you that more photographers were willing to be that mentor, 
Yeah. I don't see a lot of them. There are, I think there's like this, this mentality where it's like, oh, they're going to like come and they're going to undercut me. They're going to like learn all my secrets and then they're going to steal my clients. It's such a terrible mentality. I wish there were more people who would be willing to do that. I would love to have people come and shadow me on sessions and learn things. I think that would be so incredibly valuable for new photographers. I wish more people would do it. It happens a lot. And, and, you know, I have, I have interns constantly that are getting into the wedding planning and I'm like, look, come in, you want to come work for me and do like day of stuff. I'm happy to like pay you your, your, an hourly hourly rate and have you come and learn the business and learn how to talk to clients and learn how to, you know, what is the reality behind what we do? I love doing that. I mean, it's, and it's sad because it's the same thing is that I run into planners that are like, well, I don't want to give away my secrets. I'm like, what secrets? They're, what secrets there's no secrets we're gonna get old and we're gonna die someday and somebody else needs to take our place so you know get over yourself it's it's not rocket science we're not saving the world here we're you know planning weddings (laughs) so i and i think that's really important to pass along your information and to be that that guide for other people it's the only way that we can make our our business better overall exactly exactly you know I mean, that's, that's, that's hard. So um, if, if people wanted to reach out to you, get in touch with you, how would they do that? You know, your social media, we've been putting it on the ticker tape on if you're watching the live show, but if somebody wanted to reach out to you directly, how do they do that? Yeah. I mean, you can message me through Facebook or Instagram. It's just happily ever photo. I think Instagram is happily ever photo company. Um, but then obviously just happily ever photo.com. And then there's a contact page that you could reach out to me there as well. So pretty accessible. Yeah, and and by right. the way, it's not happily happily ever after photography because I made that mistake before we went live. It's happily <laughs> ever after photo, f f h o t o, um, and then P-H-O-T-O. it yeah p h did I say did I say that wrong or did I say f o t o? The worst. The okay, worst. so I actually have another question for you, buddy. So if somebody is planning their wedding and they're meeting with their photographer and they're talking about a timeline. When would they expect to receive their first glimpse of maybe highlights and then their actual photos? See, I told you I was going to forget this. I told you I was going to forget this question. So I'm so glad you brought that up. (laughs) I (laughs) remember. so important. And I mean, my answer isn't good because my answer is it depends on the photographer. But you absolutely need to be asking your photographer that before you even hire them. Because this is a huge problem. People are posting on forums all the time saying, what's the normal time for wedding photos to come back? Because my photographer has taken, you know, three months. And most of our roast responses are, what did the contract say, you know, or what did the photographer tell you when you guys had this conversation? And that never happened, right? Like you need to have that conversation. So you know what to expect. Some photographers will have a like a sneak peek the day of other people won't do anything on social media until people have, you know, finished the full payment. And this is again, from family photography, they've ordered their photos, you know, people won't post any photos at all until a purchase has been made. So I mean, it's so specific to each photographer, but you absolutely need to ask that because some wedding photographers can probably get your photos back in three weeks and others, it might take six months. And it might depend like we were talking on the season, if it's busy season, it'll be longer. If it's not busy, then it'll be shorter. And your photographer should 100% be able to give you that timeline in writing um, so that way they can be held accountable to it. 
And that's, and I mean, that, that's really important, but you know, one of the things that we're, that we're running into is that when it comes to that timeline, what happens, you know, what kind of rep, not retribution, but what kind of like, what does the client have in order in their toolbox in order to deal with a photographer that is taking longer? Are those also things that need to be defined in the contract? Like, you know, if you don't give me my photograph, my, my photos by let's say three months, 90 days or 120 days out, like, what options do they really have? I mean, because yeah. there is always that fear that, well, they could just delete everything. And then what do I do? Mm-hmm. I take them to court, but the, the photos are gone. Cause you know, we've all seen those horror stories mm-hmm. in the newspaper, most of which are false, by the way, everybody, um, you know, that's clickbait. So don't click on it, but you know, like what, what could a client put into their, their contract in order to like assure them that, this timeline is correct and that they, they feel comfortable with it. Yeah. Yeah. So generally assuming that you're looking at a contract, there should be a timeline in there that has a minimum and maximum amount of time that it's going to take to get your photos. And there should also be a part in the contract that says, you know, if any part of this contract isn't upheld, then, you know, these are the things that you can expect but uh, I mean, on the photographer side, I see people talking about this, you know, like I told my clients I would get them their photos in six weeks and it actually took me seven and a half because, you know, X, Y, and Z, and now they're coming at me and they want a partial or a full refund or whatever. And they, if there's something in writing in a contract, they could, I mean, at the very least, you know, they could, if we, right. if we truly sure. care about our, yes, they could. Usually it doesn't get to that because we photographers, like if we're actual professionals, we don't want our names associated with something like that. And if it's really on us, like a hundred percent, like we are not going to fight that. We should say, absolutely. We were in the wrong, you know, let's come to some sort of compromise and figure it out. Um, So, yeah, I mean, you need to have that in writing though. Even if it's just an email back and forth where they tell you how long it's going to take, you need to have something concrete to be able to point to if you want to come back, you know, and if they're just going to be a week late or something, that's one thing. If you're never going to get the photos or if it's instead of right. three months, it's a year, like that's a mm-hmm. big deal. And yeah, people need actually, to, I actually yeah. have somebody that I'm dealing with right now. It's video. It's on the video side, but it's been a year. And I'm like, I actually would like reach up to the videographer and I'm like, did you lose this? Is that what we're talking about? And this is why you're okay. not responding is that, you know, it's like, Oh, I've, lost that that memory chip somewhere i mean that's oh but then also photography is very subjective like you know a client goes with a photographer because they like their style of what they've done in the past there's nothing to say that their photos are going to come out the same exact way you know i mean sometimes we look at other couples that are like really good looking and we're like i want to look like that I mean, I remember having a, a bride that said, you know, I want I want you to Photoshop me to look like I'm a size eight, even though she was a size, you know, larger. You know, I'm not going to get into that. But, you know, it was it was one of those things where I went, you know, you got to be a little realistic here about what you're expecting. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's actually, I, um, sorry, I think that that's actually a great question, Keith, because um you know, like back in the day, I know that like people used to take other photographers' photos and pa- try to pass them off as them, their own. Oh, and yeah. nowadays, I think with social media and the the whole truth behind the their own website and so forth, I don't think that's so easy to get away with now. 
Um, but I remember we had our photo, we had a photo booth out. I mean, a photo album out in our um, out in our our sales room, and somebody had come in and taken it. So I, it, it just kind of brought that memory back for me. Holy moly! Really? That's yeah. ballsy. Yeah, that was back in the uh, in the eighties. Ah, the 80s. So blurry. Blurry. (laughs) (laughs) So blurry. I kind of remember the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, And I will say that on social media, it's easier. If if you don't go past that person's social media page, it's it's easy for them to, to just steal someone else's photos and use them. Even if they say like in the fine print, these are just inspiration photos. They're not mine, but they're marketing for something similar. That's a terrible, and people do that all the time. And so you're going in expecting photos that look like this and wind up with something completely different. And that's, that's a really, that's why I say you should always go to their website, always look through their portfolio. And like you were saying, Keith, with, you know, you see this couple that has these beautiful photos. Well, maybe, you know, the day was perfect and the lighting was perfect and the location was perfect and everything was perfect. But if that doesn't match what your location and your lighting and your everything is going to be, you can't expect your photos to look like that. So you need to be looking for comparable photos or asking for comparable photos in something similar to what you're going to what your venue is going to look like. Um, So that's a good way to kind of be able to tell what the end product will be. So really somebody who's looking at steampunk pictures and they love that that inspiring glow of things they're not going to be necessarily the best fit for somebody doing a beachside wedding per se. Steve, I love that. I'm like, way to go. No, I mean, what, and, and what is the best outdoor lighting? Cause I've heard photographers say, Oh, I love a clear day, but others are like, no, I like it cloudy because uh, it, you know, diffuses the light. Like, is there a such thing as a perfect outdoor lighting scenario? You're not going to get a solid answer from photographers on that because I love shooting in full clouds. And I know many photographers who love shooting in full sun and they will reschedule if it's not a sunny day because they love that light so much. So, I mean, it just really depends on how you shoot um, the way that you edit. It's a big difference, you know, whether you start with cloudy or sunny day photos um, and just personal preference for what the end product is like. Wow, Bonnie, we've had a really wide-ranging conversation because we kind of went all over the place. But I w- thank you, <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show. I mean, and you really did give us some really great information. And so, again, if you are interested in being part of the database, reach out to her on social media, um, and and go through the vetting process. It's only twenty four dollars a year. I mean. That's incredible. And if you're if if you're a couple like looking to get go through the list, where would they go? Same place. Yep, just happilyeverphoto.com. And then there's a tab that says find a photographer. And then that's where they can find the whole the whole set. And it's free for for the clients, you know, couples. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Amazing. Amazing. Bonnie, thank you again. Awesome. Of course. Thank you, Bonnie. All right. Well, we'll, we'll be. We'll be back next Tuesday at 2 o'clock, but for now, we're all going to say goodbye. Excellent, guys. Thank you.